Hello and welcome to the faculty interview, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this interview, David Bao examines the problem of feedback and suggests that there is a lack of clarity and shared meaning about what it is and what constitutes doing it well. Bao argues that new ways of thinking about feedback are needed. Well, I think we need to be clear what feedback is. It's commonly misunderstood as something like, well, a typical thing that someone might say, I gave her feedback on her assignment. And that implies it's an activity of teachers uh, and students are just recipients of a message. Um, now, this creates all sorts of problems um, in that a lot of people complain about students not acting on the basis of feedback. But if they're just receiving unsolicited information from other people, there isn't a very strong expectation that they should act on it. So one of the things that um, I've been focusing on is to ask the question, what does feedback really mean? And to do that, we need to go back to how it was used by engineers and scientists. And the concept of feedback is the concept you need for the whole of the Industrial Revolution, to make modern society work and so on and so forth. And in those areas, there's a really good understanding. But when it moves to education, there's a problem that people think of feedback as an input by teachers to students, as distinct from a process that is providing information on which students necessarily act to improve their performance, improve what they can do and so on and so forth. So there's a big shift in thinking about feedback from feedback as an input to feedback as a process, and particularly a process in which the students necessarily need to be involved. So what makes reflective feedback is activities in which students receive information from other people in order and make sense of it in order to make a difference to their work, subsequent work. So we don't need to stay in higher education to see that the way feedback is commonly used in society is not the way it's used in the, in the sense what you might call the proper sense. So people all the time talk about giving someone feedback when all they mean is just saying something to them. So there is a big job to be done to shift the notion of feedback away from what is essentially a teacher-centric view to one that's a learning-centric view and that ends up making a difference to what students do because the only justification for the existence of feedback is it makes a difference to students learning there's no other reason why it should um, uh, exist so if we move away from a teacher focused feedback then what happens in that is the teacher provides information to students and they keep their fingers crossed that it might make a difference they typically don't follow through and they typically don't um, ask students to respond so a learning-centered view of feedback would be more of a process that involves the students themselves. So, for example, if students hand in an assignment, they might also hand in something that says, I would particularly like you to comment on this aspect of my work. So that's starting to move the focus not just on the teacher but on the student. And, for example, you might then ask the students, well, what are you going to do with this information that you received? That will be a more learning-centered focus. And then again, you might organize the course so that there's a subsequent assignment in which students could check for themselves whether they've got 
the point of the information that they received. So it's, it's basically moving it from a monologue, that is the teacher talking, to a dialogue in which the students have got an active role. It doesn't mean to say there's a long conversation and multiple conversations between teachers and students, but that we need to think of it metaphorically as a dialogue in which it goes backwards and forwards. Because at the end of the day, it's the only the student that can learn. So therefore, this process must have an impact on student learning and the teachers must be able to detect in some way that it has had a difference. Is there a difference between the UK and Australia, for example, in the ways academics think about feedback? The general answer to that is no. I mean, I've done a study with Naomi Winston in which we looked at what academics thought in Australia and the UK. And by and large, they were very similar. However, there was one significant difference, and that is when academics in the UK were asked the question, how do you know if feedback has been effective? The people in the UK were much more likely to say they look to what students say, that is, students' opinion, whereas Australian academics were more likely to look to what students do. And that is actually much more profound a difference than it might seem at first sight. So, for example, there's an obsession with um, evaluation measures. There's the National Student Survey in the UK, and it asks questions about feedback, and they're very teacher-centred views of feedback. And um, UK academics are continually urged to do something about improving scores because it's one of the lowest rating uh, items on the whole of the National Student Survey. So they're focused almost entirely on what students would like. <clears throat> Whereas I think the Australians have started to go down the path of thinking more, not so much in terms of what they like. Of course, it's good that the, the students might like it, but that's not enough. It needs to make a difference on students' learning and we need to see that it makes a difference. So we need to look at what students do rather than what they say. HE um, shares this misconception of feedback with most levels of education. Um, it's no fundamentally no different in schools and also in workplaces. I mean, people in workplaces give each other feedback. And we all know what that means. So that we've established this discourse in society as a whole that sees people giving information to other people as feedback. And all it is is just giving information. Um, it doesn't add up to anything else. If we want to evoke the notion of feedback, which from my point of view is a very fruitful um, idea, and it means something, it means something that involves change, then we need to, well, we either need to kind of ditch the way we use feedback at the moment, which is a, a hard ask, when I write about it, I, I distinguish between feedback and feedback information. Feedback information is the input. Or we need to say, well, this idea has been corrupted. Um, let's live with that. And we need to add a whole lot of other concepts. So people have invented the phrase feed forward. Now, the feed forward idea doesn't make any sense at all because that is exactly what feedback does. Feedback exists to influence future actions. It isn't about mark justification. It's about doing something that improves work from now on. So 
we're a bit of a, a kind of a, a pivot at the moment. So we've either got to, in a sense, wash our mouths out and talk about feedback in a more nuanced way, or unfortunately, and I, I regret this, I don't, and I'd prefer not to go down this path, then we might have to invent new terms to describe what is a vital educational process. It's vital because it's one of the few mechanisms in the whole of higher education in which we treat students as individuals and we give them information that relates to their particular learning needs. Everything else, for good reasons, excellent reasons of equity, we treat them all the same. Feedback is the one place where we necessarily need to treat them differently because learners differ from each other and we need to adjust uh, the things that we do in accordance with that difference.